0: Hi, listeners. We have partnered with HYV Designs to bring you a discount on their store. Please go to etsy.com slash shop slash H-Y-V-D-E-S-I-G-N-S. And use promo code SKT15 on checkout to get a 15% discount on their items. They have everything from King's Light the Beam memorabilia to BTS light sticks to Genshin Impact coasters and much more. Check out their store on Etsy.com and use promo code SKT15 on checkout to get a 15% discount. Link in the description. okay hello welcome to episode 373 of sack kings therapy we just bore witness to the fu- to the first four game losing streak from the kings as they fall to the indiana pacers 121 to 126 it is their first four game losing streak since you want to guess when
1: a few seasons ago
0: no, no, remember opening remember opening of last season
1: oh that's right man it felt like <laughs> a really long time ago but yeah now now that you mention it i do remember that slow start
0: so yes uh there is fong with me it was a rough game to watch uh, for a lot of it kind of kind of made up for to a certain degree with a crazy comeback towards the end i believe they were down 16 if i remember right let me just quickly run back the timeline so they were down yeah 16 with 220 to go and actually made it a one possession game with 30 seconds to go so the pacers almost pulled the kings almost where yeah, they basically just let their let their foot off the gas pedal. The Kings run a full-court press, and force a bunch of mistakes and yeah, get it to down 3 with 30 seconds to go. They get a stop and um yeah, they they uh De'Aaron Fox misses a three. Keegan Murray gets the rebound on the ensuing possession. Uh Pacers foul Malik Monk. I had actually said so on that play De'Aaron Fox clearly kind of gets fouled. He, you know, T. E. McAddle is grabbing on his jersey and everything. Honestly, that should be a technical foul. One free throw, and then it's a two-point game. Ooh, where would the Kings be there? But anyways, no call there. And I had said, after Malik got fouled, I was like, oh, well, you get the better free throw shooter. Because Fox uh, had been pretty bad from the free throw line. Uh, he was, let's see. He was seven, no, uh, five for nine from the free throw line. But and then I said, well, Malik is the better free throw shooter. That's a better situation. It kind of bailed out the Kings, the Pacers. Uh, Malik was one for four, and he ends the night one for six. Yes, he missed both free throws. The Kings lose after mounting a pretty nice comeback. I, I, I did enjoy that. At least they, the Kings, always got to make you sweat a little bit, and uh, they ultimately lose. And yes, it is their fourth. It is their fourth loss in a row in really what's been just heartbreaker after heartbreaker.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean overall, I felt like the starters definitely stepped up their game in terms of offense. I know I know it's a little stagnant at times, but uh, it it feels like the bench needs to step up a little.
0: Oh, but... oh, you, oh, you think? yeah I'm seeing a lot of bagels for the guys that did play
1: I mean uh, I was so used to you know earlier in the season where you know our bench scores at least 30 40 just by the bench itself but this is
0: one of the best benches in the league apparently I did I did not know that actually
1: yeah so I mean slightly poor performance from the bench this game compared to you know Indiana's bench which scored you know a lot better than ours uh 34 to our 16. so other than that i mean you know of course free throws are still a problem <laughs> i mean hey, dear uh, god
0: let's talk about it so yeah. we'll talk about the biggest issue but you it's you can flip a coin which what the biggest issue so the two biggest issues defense and free throws i just talked about malik missed two free throws he he had bragged last year that he doesn't miss two free throws in a row ever well he's caught the free throw bug because one for six this game for no reason he just can't make a free throw anymore for whatever reason and he's the best free throw shooter on the kings and yeah i said i trust him at the free throw line more than fox oh boy uh, like just i what 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 can we say about it and one for six from him five for nine from fox five for eight from some bonus this team it, it, they can't hit free throws
1: yeah it's it's weird too because I remember I don't know it, it just feels like recently Malik has started missing a lot more than usual
0: oh no it it, it doesn't feel like that it is like that he, he is the best free throw shooter on the team like no doubt I think he was like damn near 90 percent last year and this year just Ah, Lauren, honestly, just this stretch, it really hasn't been. He's let, let me let me check his. Uh, let's see, his, let's see, his Before this this season. Year, 85% mm. this season, which is very good. Herder has actually been good from the free throw line, too, which you know, we had we had issues with him last year. Barnes and Keegan, they're all good from the free throw line. It's just, you know, Sabonis has never been great. Fox was pretty was good last year, but now it's got to regress back to his normal percentage and some bonus and yeah like so it's a tough go the kings were 18 of 32 from the free throw line in a game they lost by five and if you actually go back to you know the milwaukee game the uh the uh, suns game and this game i mean their 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 margin of loss is eight is by eight points they've lost by eight points in, in three total games And I don't even want to go and look back of how many goddamn free throws they missed.
1: Yeah, I mean, so far, considering the games we played um, in the past week week or two, still fairly close games, just the losses could have been avoided one way or another, whether it's, you know, defense free throws or, you know, um, just better shots. But... Who knows? It's, it is what it is.
0: I mean, think about it this way. They could be 27 and they could be 27 and 15 right now. And they're 23 and 18. Now, of course, you know, guys will tell you <laughs> they're over five. They're five games over 500. And that's very true. But like at this point, you know, we, we've gotten a little greedy and we should, because these losses are inexplicable that this, this Indiana team. Came in without Tyrese Halliburton, without Aaron Nesmith without uh, who, uh Andrew Nemhart, no Pascal Siakam. We'll talk. We'll talk about that in a bit. Without Andrew Nemhart, and they and you know T.J. McConnell basically turns into Tyrese Halliburton. And yeah, let's let's transition over to that. And the defense was fucking terrible tonight. Just. Like you're you're playing against you know pretty much just the B the B and the C squad of the Indiana Pacers, and it was just so easy. You know, Grant, give credit to the Indiana Pacers. Like they ram their offense down your throat. They're very, they're actually very kingsy. Like they they just you know as soon as the ball hit, like goes through the net or you or the other team misses a shot. That team just bust bust their ass right down the court and get easy layups and just and also on in the half court they also spread you out because unlike the Kings, their big man can shoot. So what ended up happening was there was never rim protection basically the entire game, and then it, whenever there was rim protection, no one no one would rotate to help the helper, and it was just easy buckets all throughout the game for for the Pacers.
1: Yeah, I, I really can't count how many times they went into the paint when Sabonis was, you know, just slightly out because it seems like they were able to cut through our defenses like it was Swiss cheese.
0: Yeah, and the biggest, uh, the I guess the embodiment of that, TJ McConnell, 9 for 14, 20 points, and 10 assists. He made it look so unbelievably easy just gashing, the, gashing, gashing the shit out of the Kings' defense. Just got inside with no resistance. The only guy that really had any success against him was of all, like, just Keegan Murray, and of all people, Sasha Vazenkov. And, yeah, they just gave it to him so easily. And it just kind of shows you, like, just how the Kings' defense is still very bad. When, you know, a role, a role player that just that's just very smart about, you know, changing speeds, very smart about angles and just starting and stopping can absolutely destroy you. You know, the, the new ish myth, if you will, for, for this, for the kids, this Kings team.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Mm, I was going to ask, I don't know. Do you still have, um, which, uh, but I was going to say, I wonder how our uh, defense is this season so far, because, uh, if I remember correctly, Indiana's 26, probably slightly worse. If so, uh,
0: so here, here's the here's the fun little thing. Since Tyrese has been out, they, yeah, they're like 17.
1: That's or like it. I think
0: since December, I think specifically. Because you know, like they, they actually do have like wings that can defend like off the bench. It's just that you have like you have Buddy and Tyrese playing majority of minutes, and yeah. that's gonna hurt your defense. Yeah.
1: Which you know, it definitely felt that way, being 17th in defense, because they. It felt like they were guarding the Kings fairly well enough to get decent stops and you know grab the ball either steal from us and go on the under end for a quick bucket, really.
0: Well, I wouldn't give their defense that much credit. They're fine. It's the this was a game of who blinks first on offense, and unfortunately the Kings just, they had too many moments of just, you know, their defense is going to be what it is. It, it's the, it, it is the main problem, but then the, their offense is just not going to score every single time. They're going to miss open threes. They're going to, you know, miss a pass or like, you know, a pass just sails out of bounds. They're going to turn it over randomly. Sometimes like the, the issue was is that they couldn't defend and they're, and they blinked on defense or blinked on offense. And, you know, what do the Pacers make their money on? It's offense. And again, they just they're relentless. They just ram it down your throat at full speed the entire game. And yeah, the Kings just weren't ready for that. And with an offense like Indiana, again, it really exposes the issues of the Kings' defense where they just don't rotate very well. And you know, their only speck of rim protection when you take that away, there is no rot. There is no rotation to the rim. It's easy pickins after that, or it's a wide open three. It and yeah, it the this what's it called? The start of the problem is that you know their on ball defense was very bad.
1: Ah, pretty much.
0: So it it ultimately just it you know it's it's the four game losing streak. But this game really exposes the Kings for what their weakness is. They rely on their scoring to kind of bail them out of situations and against the best offense in the league without their primary offensive engine, by the way. Like, they just, like, it really puts, like, maximum stress on the Kings' defense, and they just could not handle it. Now, of course, now, we'll we'll talk about that little, little comeback that they made. Like, you know, they show that they have heart that they that sometimes they can really turn it on. The question is, is like you, you got you got to be able to turn that on earlier before you get to that kind of position, you know. And you know, make no mistake, the Pacers did ha- did make some pretty bullshit shots, but particularly from Jaris Walker. But the thing is, you let them get comfortable like the first three quarters.
1: Yeah, I mean, hopefully we could find that balance. I mean, we kind of saw it with the Suns where we start off hot. But you know that's because the Suns weren't hitting anything. But we took advantage of that. uh With this game, we just gotta go head on head. I feel uh if they make a shot, we gotta hit them right back. And sadly, we weren't able to do that.
0: It, well, I, I disagree. For like a lot of the game, they did. Keegan Murray got open for dunks so many times. This mm. game, there oh, was yeah. like a stretch in the third quarter. I swear to got like. Uh, Keegan Murray got three dunks just with I don't know what the Pacers' defense was doing. They just left him open. So again, but again, like the the problem was they couldn't get a stop in between those scores, and then like their offense blinked, and that and that was kind of like every time the Kings got close, the the Pacers would that would again just do do one of their signature, just like they would just run their offense to to like. To a T, their execution was very good, and they would just get a bucket and then immediately open up another lead because the Kings just go on one of their weird droughts where they they get good shots but they just cannot finish it for whatever reason. Oh yeah. So ultimately, really bad loss again. The, like I'm sick of t- I'm sick of saying this. Like at, what was it after two games? Um. Well, was it? yeah they lost four in a row. But, like, you know, the first game – this – okay, I'll I'll put it this way. This game hurts a lot more because they lost the previous two. You know, you you played the Milwaukee Bucks tough, and you got beat at at the buzzer on a game winner where, you know, the reason why it was allowed because you missed free throws. That shit hurts, right? Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: then the next game, you just completely shit the bed in Phoenix – where you just, you, uh, yeah, you just t- like let your foot off the gas and you let the Suns just, you let the Suns take it, take that game from you. That hurt like hell. And then combined with this game where your your biggest weakness, your defense was on full display. And, a, and the other issue, your free throws. Your free throws were terrible. Just, yeah. the, it really just culminates in just three of the worst games for the kings the milwaukee one i wouldn't really put it in that category just because i thought you were so good but you know you lost that game because of free throws really so like all three of these games like it really puts a magnifying glass on the issues of this team defense and free throws they just can't get on track
1: yeah and don't forget a lot of their key guys are missing too so they were just playing with whoever's left really well from to that. be
0: fair I think you know in the weirdest bizarre world take TJ McConnell doesn't do this if he's not starting like he doesn't play 33 minutes of is there mm-hmm. now, granted he probably gets like 10 points in there but I part of me like wants to believe that they would have defended Tyrese better just a, a weird part of me I don't know. But then again, like they're not playing Davion Mitchell. Like De'Aaron Fox can be pretty hit or miss on ball. And, and I, I don't know. I think even had they played, had, had Tyrese played, I think mm-hmm. it's a very similar kind of game. And uh, like maybe we don't complain as much. I wouldn't really put too much into just, oh, they're missing a bunch of their guys. Look, a lot of their guys stepped up. Credit to them. Jarvis Walker, like probably had his best game. Ever. It's just because, of course, it has to be against the Kings. But Mm -hmm. you you don't get these kinds of games. And, you know, you got to, you got to, like, you know, not what's the opposite of credit? You got to blame the Kings' defense for letting these guys get hot. But Jairus Walker did hit some bullshit in the fourth.
1: Yeah, that's true. It'll be the biggest what if. Unless, no, I don't think we'll be facing the Pacers again once Tyrese and
0: we will be. Uh, he, he should be back soon, and they will have Pascal. We're playing mm. them on February second in Indiana.
1: Oh boy! <laughs> well, hopefully that could by that time we'll figure things out and have a revenge game. But other than that, another question: I wonder why we are not playing Keon Davion or any of the other guys as much as what we have been before. I know in terms of offense, it's gonna be cut a lot. But speak about defense, it could have helped a little bit, especially guarding certain guys.
0: Uh, I I honestly don't have a don't have an answer for you. I guess Mike Brown's just trying to really let his starters get get those reps because the way they kind of like stagger everyone, like you, you end up not being able to play mm-hmm. monk, Sabonis, and Fox together as much. Mm-hmm. So I guess they're trying to just shorten their rotation for some reason. Which, it, it's a bit weirdly ironic because, you know, the guys that are good probably going to get traded, at least two of them are in the starting lineup and still play, like, Herder's playing major minutes. Barnes is basically out of the rotation almost. Mm-hmm. Like, not out of the rotation, but, like, he's he's been benched. Like, that's a real thing. And I guess they're just trying to f- find more production. Like, fi- like, trying to, like, I guess concentrate on uh, on certain guys and not letting just trying to concentrate and give them more runs so that they can get more rhythm like you know they play sasha uh, you know a decent uh, like 11 minutes and he he got hot for a bit so you know just more minutes probably just gets these guys more rhythm if you like let's say if you play jta like sasha doesn't play as much and then you and then he doesn't get in rhythm like i guess it's just more minutes for certain guys
1: yeah that's true i guess hmm, we'll see well of course by the end of the season i hope uh we'll see a more solidified rotation before if we make it to the playoffs i don't know
0: oh come Let, let's not do that i think yeah we'll to the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, no let's not I be know. a negative there are some people that are like that i'm just don't don't be that guy mm-hmm. no i i think i think they'll still make it to the playoffs they, they got some stuff to figure out but i ch- i trust them to be able to figure it out like don't don't get this thing like sure maybe they end up in the play-in sure why not i think they make it through the play-in how about that
1: okay i mean i mean we're still up for sure i i do have faith as well that uh we'll figure, figure things out but It's just this long stretch kind of makes me a little worried.
0: Look, I remember I had a conversation with a Kings fan once where he was just like, you know what? All I want is the Kings to just be 500 and just be in the playoffs. That's all I ever asked for. But right now I can hear him in his living room probably saying, why are we 10 games over 500? Why aren't we a contender? (laughs) Why do we not get Pascal Siakam? Look, just be grateful. Like I I know it's tough right now. And look, I'm pissed too. Just be just take some solace in the fact that we're not talking about like, you know, we're we, we have what 30, 30 losses right now. And you know, we're nowhere near the bottom of the league. So we're not getting a high pick, and we're definitely not even making the play in. That's the most miserable spot to be like I do find some solace in the fact that we can actually complain about, you know, playoff seating at this point.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Okay. That's all I want to talk uh, about the game, but uh this is actually kind of related to the game because we mentioned his name earlier. Uh since the last episode, I think I mentioned it at the end of last episode that, you know, in the uh Pacers were in it in on getting Siakam, they were in serious talks. And lo and behold, the trade has been made. Siakam is now an Indiana pacer. He goes to the, the Indiana for Bruce Brown, Jordan Nawara, three first-round picks. Uh, so two first-rounders um, from Indiana, one from 2024, one from 2026, top four protected. And this is a weird one. So apparently they had another first-rounder from another team. And Toronto, in the 2024 in the 2024 draft will get indiana's first round pick and the worst of one of okc utah houston or the clippers picks i don't know how the fuck that thing is in there but basically they'll end up getting three picks in the 2024 draft think about it that way and also apparently uh new orleans is sending uh kira lewis to the raptors along uh, to, to the Raptors to actually make this trade work because without Kira Lewis, the, the numbers don't actually balance out. Um, and they get a second round pick, the New Orleans. And uh, the main reason why they did that was to get under the tax, apparently. Like, I'm not going to go too deep into that, but that is the gist of the trade. What were your thoughts?
1: Um, Interesting that <sighs> Bennett Maffron wasn't part of it. Um, who was the other guy that we were like talking about?
0: Aaron Neesmith, Andrew yeah. Nemhart, Jairus Walker, who played this game, wasn't in it. That's pretty incredible that none of those guys, of all people, Jordan Nawara is in the trade.
1: Yeah, that is, um, weird. And I mean, I felt like uh, the Raptors could maybe gone another piece instead of uh Bruce Brown or Jordan, but I mean they got for three first rounders i guess that's what came out of it don't i mean don't get me wrong bruce brown's nice jordan norwara i can't say much about him to be honest but
0: he doesn't I just, show much <laughs>
1: I yeah it's like i i thought they wanted like key pieces now instead of you know potentially getting something from the draft
0: (laughs) well you know you don't always have to stick with one thing like they got the players in the og trade like maybe he needs to stock up on some picks now granted these picks are kind of whatever like this 2026 indiana picks top four protected so like it's not going to be an amazing pick but you know the main thing for indiana is that they didn't have they basically didn't give up really any of their key players like bruce brown was good for them but like you know, like Bruce, you, you give up Bruce Brown for Pascal's outcome, you do that hundred times out of ten, and then Jordan Nwora, like no disrespect to him, like he hasn't shown much. So it was like he doesn't really doesn't really move the needle for anyone. So, and then Pascal, a perfect fit on the Pacers. Like the fact that they were able to keep Aaron Neesmith in the in like in Indiana as well. They now have two real wing stoppers that they can put out there that also can play on offense like this is going to be a very very dangerous team going forward like they're not so that this doesn't push them up to you know contender status i don't think because i don't think they're as good as boston like that's about the only team that i can straight up say is is better than them but they're they're like right below that level they're like i think they're right there with the milwaukee bucks honestly and the Sixers, I think they're more of a regular season team, but like that's another team that they can give give a run for their money. Like this is a very this is an incredible trade and they still have the pieces to make another move.
1: Yeah, which is crazy because I didn't expect them to have a kind of like win now type um, situation because, I mean, Siakam is what, 29 right it's as about, of right about now? To turn 30 yeah yeah about to turn dirty so he's getting up there in age once you know they he gets extended which i'm assuming he's gonna get that extension
0: <laughs> that, well that was the other thing so apparently he there indiana's very comfortable that he is going to resign in the summer and that's that's the big key piece basically that was one of the main reasons why the kings didn't get him because he didn't want to resign in sacramento and unfortunately for sacramento like they don't, they didn't get pascal because of it but he he is more than willing he just seems very happy right now that he's in indiana so you know good good for the pacers
1: oh yeah so five years max i'm assuming
0: yeah it's gonna no. be a lot of money yeah but like the thing is you know th- this makes them this does make them a win now team which is fine like you know he's he's a, he's a bit on the older side but like he's probably not going to decline too much at least in the next two or three years maybe that last year Like on the fifth year might be a little ugly, but Hey, like, you know, this puts you on the upper contender status and, and you really didn't give up any players of consequence and you still have enough players and picks to make another move after this. So they're probably not done. Like, you know, keep an eye on them in the off season. Like maybe they can get another person and that's when they really get up to that contender status.
1: Uh, Yeah. We shall see.
0: Yeah, we really, we really sh- shall see. Uh what do you think this does for the Kings? Like do you like are you really disappointed that the Kings didn't get Siakam?
1: Um but I mean, looking at the trades that they did kind of, but as I said before, I mean, with or without this trade, I f- I still have faith in this team to go somewhere. I mean, we did it last season. I believe we could do it again. Now, I mean, it'd be nice <laughs> to ask the Occam, of, of course. It's just, I'm assuming the price that the Raptors ask for the Kings is not right for, uh, right in our favor, I'm guessing. I guess you could say, but I guess it is what it is. And I do wonder what uh, kind of talks uh, were uh, given between you know the Kings and Raptors at that point.
0: Yeah, like, ultimately, like, sure, we didn't get him now, so I can kind of, like, I can kind of get let loose about some of the stuff. But, like, you know, he, had the Kings gotten Pascal, I think it does take him into the upper echelon the, uh, of the of the West, but I don't think they would have been better than the Nuggets. He would have made this team incredibly good, and it might have given you a chance against the Nuggets, but I don't think they would have been better against the Nuggets. And after the Pascal move, you're you're done. You basically can't really do anything else after that. Like, I assume you would have had to, you know, probably cough up three picks and a, like two picks and a swap, probably. And after that, you don't have any ammo to really make any other moves. Uh, your only hope is to is you know, assuming that you trade Harrison, Herder, and Davion, your only hope is that uh, Keegan develops into some into uh, your third or fourth star. And so after that, and you're not gonna have much depth after after that either. So, in a way, sure, it does suck not to get Pascal. You don't take that next level. But also, like, you don't, you know, I'm not too mad because again, that would have been like the one move you could have done. Like you there was no other move after that. So this opens up like other possibilities. Like, I'm I'm getting higher and higher on Kuzma as the, as the days go. I do wonder what his uh price will be. But like who's you you do a Kuzma, you do a Kuzma trade, and then you can also do other moves after that, I think.
1: Yeah, I could see it. Definitely. I'm hoping. Well, it's definitely not, you know, Pascal's price, probably two picks, maybe.
0: Yeah. And a lot of a lot of people are saying, like, Washington's not getting two picks, which that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, I would assume Kyle Kuzma would be two picks, but I guess it, not.
1: Yeah, it could be one pick and maybe pick swap, but <laughs> I doubt that would be great for them. But uh who knows?
0: Yeah. So k- keep an eye on the Kings. Apparently, they're very active, and uh, and you know, look, it's going to be a long four days, but it also gives the Kings some time to settle in if they do make a trade and to get every and to get the new guy settled in. So. Yeah. A little bit of a positive there. So we'll we'll see. But uh, the Kings apparently are very active in the trade market. Let's see if they make a move. I'm not going to say that this team is broken or anything. I think they can actually fix this team as is if they just get their shit together. But, you know, I wouldn't mind if there was a trade at this point.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll have what? I forgot how many game breaks we're going to have before our next one. Um, I know it's gonna be a long break, isn't it?
0: Well, yeah, four four days. I, I yeah, that's. Said, I, I just said it, but
1: okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you but... for listening. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay.
0: Uh. All right. So, well, unfortunately, we're, probably gonna, we're gonna end on a pretty sour note. Uh. So, the Kings had a moment of silence today for Warriors assistant. Uh. D. D. Han. I think it's D. Han. M- milo milojevic uh warriors assistant Dehan milo- milojevic died of a heart attack in salt lake city and uh un- and unfortunately he well he had a heart attack in a restaurant he was rushed to a hospital and where he died i think a day later and yeah the the whole the whole league actually mourned because De- Dehan, De- Dehan Dehan dihan he was a very beloved figure like in within the Warriors and also um and also like for much of the league because he's a Serbian coach that apparently was one of the first guys to discover uh Nikola Jokic. He was close with guys like Marjanovic, a uh, Boban, uh Zubac, B- Bogi. Like he is v- he is a very well beloved figure in the in kind of like the Serbian circle but also all around the league like everyone like everyone i've heard from who has to like mentioned him since his passing like just tells tells me he's or like just says he's just the nicest guy incredibly positive guy just a great soul to be around and yeah like a lot of the world is going to be very A lot of the the NBA world is mourning his death, basically. Just very sad about it. And, you know, Mike Brown talked about it uh, during shoot-around. And you could tell, like, he was really holding him some emotion there.
1: (sighs) Yeah. May him rest in peace because, man, he he passed away very young as well.
0: 46. Yeah, super young. It's just really unfortunate just the world has lost a, a really good person and again you just see the outpouring of love from everyone just kind of shows you just how just how 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 positively affected so many people
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh the warriors versus jazz game was postponed i believe that was supposed to be yesterday and the warriors versus mavs game tomorrow is also postponed Because they, yeah, again, they're mourning, they're mourning his death. And I'm I'm actually glad that uh, the NBA is able to do that. You know, just the Warriors, the Warriors need this time to just recuperate. Like they lost the, they lost a good one. Oh, yeah. And, and also in somber news, uh, Terrence Davis, who I've just called on like the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat to sign, uh, blew out, uh, ruptured his Achilles.
1: Ah, fuck.
0: Uh, in a game where he, he was playing for the Rip City remix, I believe that is the Portland Trailblazers G League team. Uh he is, however, in positive spirits, and he's actually optimistic that he could be ready for training camp next year, which or next season, which pretty quick for a Achilles rupture. Ho- hopefully that is the case. Like I love T D and like I really thought I really thought he could have helped the contender for like, you know, as a minimum signing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Achilles, it, I would say over it should take over a year for sure to hopefully fully recuperate.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. They usually take a they usually take you know um, usually take about a year to recover. So we'll see how how that goes. But yeah, hopefully he's able to just recover. Like we, I real I was really like surprised that no team signed him. But he, apparently he actually turned down a. a what's it called good money to actually play in the Euro league, but he wanted to stay in the NBA and hopefully he's, he's able to.
1: Well, I guess we shall see.
0: Okay. Well, that's all I have for this episode. Uh, do you have anything else you want to quickly talk about?
1: No, but I do want to apologize how negative I've been for the past few games because yeah, I mean someday, hopefully we can, uh, you know, kick it right back up.
0: Let's see. Well, well, not someday when they get their next win.
1: But well, hopefully, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's not a someday down the line. Hopefully, it's next game.
1: Yeah, I or, should rephrase or the game that. After.
0: Or the game after, or at some point. Let's hope. Let Let's let, Let's not let this losing streak build and just hope that you know, like they just figure they just figure something out. You know, it's been it's been rough. Um, just hopefully, like you know. You know, just something changes. Whether like it is a trade or it's not a trade. If it's not a trade, hopefully they can just gather them together and like you know show some toughness. And if it is a trade, it's a it's it might just breathe new life into the team.
1: We shall see. Now, what is our next game? Actually,
0: Monday against the Hawks. Like I told you that this was going to be a long four days. It had had the Kings lost this. So we're going to have to suffer through a long four days. And so, and so do the players like let this eat at them. How many goddamn free throws they miss? Because uh, Mike, according to Mike Brown, they, they practice their free throws for a lot longer than, than they usually do.
1: Well, they're going to practice double the time that they were required to after all that. So, and
0: I don't even think that really helps to be honest. Like it's a mental thing at this point. Again, they just got to snap out of it, and I, I totally, I believe that Malik Monk will bounce back at some point. Like, just he's been pretty bad the last two games. You, you got, you got to pick it up.
1: Oh yeah, he for sure will.
0: Okay, uh, since we have nothing else, let's call this an episode because I don't have anything else other than the Kings game right now. So, well, thank you guys for listening. Catch you guys on the next one.
1: Yeah, we'll see you guys later.